Remote work is a practice where employees don't have to physically be in the job. They can be in some other location than the home office. And that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, their home. That could be, could for some people, we talked about it last week, it could be their RV. It could be, well, camping, as long as they're able to successfully get through their work. Uh, could be, a dream of mine, it could be at a cafe in Paris, you know, doing work, as long as they have good internet connection. But the key is, employees have to prove their value and they have to benefit the company. So as long as the, the, uh, the employees can add value to their company and add more benefit, then this is a win-win for everybody. 58% of the, of the workers are now able to work part-time from home at least. And ideally, 87% of the workers said they would like to have uh, flex time and work three days from home. We talked about some of the benefits for the employees, right? But, but let's talk for a second about some of the benefits for, for corporations, right? They have to lease less office space which is very expensive. The utilities that come along with the office space. They're also now able to get employees. You know, normally if you hire an employee, they had to be within, you know, 45 minutes of the office. But now if you've got remote workers, they could be, they could be in another state, right? They don't have, you know, so it gives the employees uh, the ability to reach the best workers no matter where they might be. But then the opposite end of that coin, we have to remember that the, the employees have to, they got to improve their skill set, right? Because now the, the competitive market isn't just within 45 minutes of their office. It could be people located in other states uh, far away. If she is the owner of the company, could hire the best artificial intelligence person on the planet, and they happen to live in France... Um, why wouldn't you hire that person? We can simulate so much of this um, remote atmosphere now uh, where we couldn't when Marissa Meyer was saying in remote work. We have high-speed internet in all our households. We have video platforms like we're using today. Um, so there's a lot of solutions today to the problems of the past. Welcome back to the New World of Work podcast. Uh, thank you for all those of you that have liked, commented, and subscribed to our podcast. Uh, we appreciate all those uh, of the, you that support us. And we're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, your five-star ratings really do mean a lot to us. Um, we're back today with uh, the topic of managing the remote employee and the, the whole world of, of remote work. Uh, this has been a fascinating newer uh, mode uh, of work in, in the new world of work, one that was uh, dying out before the pandemic. So um, we're excited to have the, the author of the chapter of our book, um, Managing the Remote Employee, Dr. Robert Ramirez, with us today. So we'll be hearing from him and uh, uh, Dr. Bob Biswas as well. Robert, any opening uh, thoughts? To get us started. Oh well, thank you, Bill, and thank you, Dr. Bob. So it, it, it's it's pretty exciting. We've seen just in the last few years how quickly things are changing, right? And just just you know, over a hundred years, you know, if you think of 
us as a population, we've gone from walking to to cars, to airplanes, to jets, to space shuttles, and things are just happening faster and faster. And there's so much that we have to worry about in, in the work in the workspace and in our with our companies. We not only have to deal with um, with the pandemic and climate change and and politics, but life is getting complicated. But one thing that's come out of that since COVID is this whole idea of the remote work. And for me, a little personal story, remote work has been great. My wife has stage four cancer and it's been so good for me to do my work from home. And I'm in my home office right now. You can see my office and she is just, you know, down the hallway uh, you know, she can shout to me if she needs something, and I and she feels comfortable because I'm home, and I can shut the door to my office, and I have privacy. But I'm not having to drive to work. I'm not having to be in traffic. I'm not having to, um, you know, to spend all that time dressing up and then getting undressed after work. I actually save time, and that time I find that I'm giving it back to the company because I'm so grateful that they're allowing me the flexibility to work from home that I end up putting in actually more hours. And what that means is I'm more flexible with work. I'm more flexible because if, if a, for, for me, I'm a professor, but so if a student emails me at you know nine o'clock at night, I'm likely to respond or some or a colleague, I respond late at night or early in the morning because I've got flexibility in, in, uh, in, my, in my life. So it's been great. So, so what does remote work mean to everybody? It's, it, what it means to to your company is that it means that uh, remote work is a practice where employees don't have to physically be in the job. They can be in some other location than the home office. And that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, their home. That could be, could, for some people, we've talked about it last week, it could be their RV. It could be, well, camping, as long as they're able to successfully get through their work. Uh, could be a dream of mine. It could be at a cafe in Paris, you know, d- doing work as long as they have good internet connection. But the key is employees have to prove their value and they have to benefit the company. So as long as the, the, uh, the employees can add value to their company and add more benefit, then this is a win-win for everybody. So, so what would you say is, uh, qualifies as remote work. What is it? Um, kind of paint a picture. I I think most people understand what that is, but what would you say differentiates itself from non-remote work? So when you say how's it how's it different? Well, yeah. Now we've got with remote work, we've got the employee. Uh, not being not being in the office with all the colleagues, so he's usually working from his own home office. So he's connecting via WebEx or he's, or LinkedIn or Zoom, or and he's using we're using different software to connect the 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 employees with the office. And soon, you know, with the metaverse, this is all going to get enhanced and get better and better and better. So corporations have to make sure that uh, we we provide the employees that flexibility but we have to stick not 
keep communicating, but really connect with the staff to make sure we understand what's going on and that we're, we're all working towards the mission and the focus of the team. And, uh, and that's very important. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, I'm a Gen X, uh, Generation X. So I'm a, a, a young kid in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, occasionally we joke on Facebook that when I was a kid, I was the parents' remote control for the TV, right? <laughs> so yeah. I had to get up and change the channel. And then I remember my parents got this VCR where it had this controller that was connected to a wire. And you could uh, change the channel or fast forward the, the VCR using this wired device. Uh, then video games came out and I had these wires, uh, these controllers that were wired. And when I had little kids, they would run back and forth and knock down my PlayStation and all these things. And so now everything is kind of wireless. Uh, I think that that idea of a remote control, we get that, right? So yeah. I think it's uh, from a from a an organization standpoint, a remote worker is possibly somebody that is detached from the office, but maybe still connected somehow, right? Maybe it's a wire uh, metaphorically, or maybe it's a Bluetooth device. So uh, you think that's kind of a way to explain that? <laughs> I think you're correct. Um, it, I, I saw a recent survey by McKinsey and Company, and they said that that uh, 58 percent of of the workers are now able to work part time from home at least. And ideally, 87 percent of the workers said they would like to have uh, flex time and work three days from home. So this is this is all new since you know since COVID. It, everything has has really changed. Before, it used to be just mainly digital workers, programmers, uh, people that didn't have to be in the office. But now it's it's the entire work population. Obviously, there's some uh, to some population of the workforce that they need to be physically at the job site. You know, waiters, waitresses. Uh, people working in, in a store environment, those type of things. But for people working in corporate America, I think th this whole thing of flex work and working remotely, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. And there's just lots of benefits to it. Um, Work-life balance, for example. Uh, you know, I we talked about the commute stress, not dealing with that. You know, location independence. Um, we save on money because we don't have to spend as much money on gas, which has been going up. So there's uh, the. It also affects the environment. So there's lots of positive effects. So this is this is a positive way to move. It's a win-win for both companies and the employees. And Dr. Bob, you've been in HR for a long time, and uh, one of the one of the sources that I got in in another chapter of the book was from the um, a story on the CEO of Yahoo back before the pandemic, she her name was Marissa Meyer. And when she came in as CEO, she stopped remote, remote work. Um, and remote work was dying. What, what, was it, what were HR departments afraid of by allowing remote work um, before the pandemic? While you guys were talking, I was deeply thinking about this issue. Uh, when you think about it, this might shock you. The textbook 
material of what supervision and management is in my book is all obsolete. And I was looking it up while I'm speaking. Maybe you can look it up, Bill. The textbooks say the factors of supervision are control, planning, organizing, and leading. Organization and leading. Yep. Tell me the factors again. They're planning, uh, planning, organizing, leading, and control. Planning. Planning might not change much in the remote work. What what was the next one? Uh, organizing. Significantly change with the remote workplace. Yep. Third one? Leading. Significantly changed with remote work. And next. Control. Significantly changed. So three out of four of these textbook factors of managing and supervising have need change. So I'm introducing today a new concept called REM, REM supervise. REM supervising, R-E-M-S-U-P-E-R-V-I-Z-E-S-E, REM supervise. And uh, this in the next edition of our book, we'll write more about this REM supervise. The REMs, we have to find alternatives those, to those three factors. How you organize work in the remote environment. It cannot be command and control. Hmm? Matrix management and all these textbook concepts of organizing work really needs to be rethought, rethought out. Control. Gone are the words. A close supervise, micromanage. There's no not possible for Robert Ramirez, who's a manager, to micromanage his remote employees. It's not possible. Hmm? What was the other one? Third fact. Well, yeah, leading and leading control. Leading. Yeah. Leading remotely. We have to. Uh, Lead a group of people who we've never met. <laughs> now, if you look at the look at this in the context of textbooks definition, none of them fit. So we have to rethink this. And uh, we three of us have taken the first step in this book to raise these issues that require rethinking. Because organizational specialists, there's material being written and researched, but it has not become common practice, etc. Fundamentally, one of the things that comes to my mind on the top of my head is you, you have to have a culture, which Robert Nguyen is an expert on, of empowerment, empower, trusting employees, okay? Empowering employees, giving them specific objectives, and then letting them alone, not asking them for continuous reports, not having staff meetings and 
all the things that were engaged in the past by supervisors and managers. It has to be rethought out. So one of the fundamental things we're going to have to learn to do is have, we're going to have to learn to trust, fully trust our employees, engage our employees, empower our employees, give them the objectives they need to fulfill in their job and let them be. And then if at the end of a period, review how they did against their objectives and then work on re-object, redoing the objectives or analyzing what, why the objectives weren't met and making adjustments. Does the, uh, R, you, does the REM stand for something? Remote. Oh, okay. I was thinking uh, REM sleep, like a uh, deep sleep. And now we can, uh, you know, a lot of the fears may have been in the past is if I allow somebody to work remotely, I can't watch them, right? They might be sleeping on the job. Uh, and so I thought maybe you were going to have some way to, to supervise in my sleep. <laughs> but uh, remote supervision is what you you mean by REM, is that? Right. Okay. So, remote so, management. So, Bill, what's interesting, and, and Bob, we talked about some of the benefits for the employees, right? But but let's talk for a second about some of the benefits for, for corporations, right? So um, we were mentioning before the phone call, they have to lease less office space, which is very expensive. The utilities that come along with the office space. They're also now able to get employees. You know, normally if you hire an employee, they had to be within, you know, 45 minutes of the office. But now if you got remote workers, they could be they could be in another state, right? They don't have you know, so it gives the employees uh, the ability to reach the best workers no matter where they might be. So they can improve the caliber of their employees. Um, they can offer them um, other benefits since they, they are saving costs in terms of office space. And uh, there's other benefits that they could offer their employees to, to entice their employees to get the best possible employees. But then the opposite end of that coin, we have to remember that the, the employees have to, they got to improve their skill set. Right, because now the the competitive market isn't just within forty five minutes of their office. It could be people located in other states, uh, far away. So it's yeah. I want to stress that to you know to all the staff and to the employees. Be sure to work on your skill set. Yeah, I, I, one of the major skill sets you have to improve on is ability to communicate remotely. Right. Um, so I, I am very expressive. I love to, I'm an extrovert. So I love being at the office and, uh, I've been accused a time or two of distracting people from their work because I'm having a good time connecting with everybody. Right. And so I love uh, being in person with people. And what I, um, found was that when I went to be remotely remote work, it was a lot harder to say, uh, step into a conversation and say contribute in some way. I've had to be more expressive with my eyes and my uh, make sure my camera and my lighting, all these things, because I, I still want to express my um, nonverbal communication as well. But that's a, a major thing, right? And then I I'm fortunate that I'm old enough 
that my youngest kid is uh, 15 going on 16. So I can tell her, hey, I'm going to be busy in this meeting for a little bit. Um, don't disturb me. But for some people, right. one of those challenges is their baby crying and pounding on the door or um, mommy, he hit me. And there, it's, it can be a, quite a challenge as well. I think, uh, Bill, we, we've just started talking about it. That's why I coined a new phrase, REM supervise, REM manage. Uh, the traditional concepts as we've been explaining, like we said, decided leading, organizing, control, have to need to be changed. There is talk about this, but the literature, the knowledge, the know-how is not still there to develop best practices or best fit practices right now. So, and I see a lot of change, but one thing I'm sure, in order for REM supervisor, REM management to work effectively, management leaders have to change their mindset. They have to trust their employees. They have to start uh, and not look at them as employees, but as partners as uh, partners in the process of work, they have to trust, their trust quotient has to go up and then they have to manage by objectives, by objective setting more, like, more in a more focused manner. And they can't have, behave, use the behaviors that were used for control purposes, okay? Like I, as I pointed out, st ongoing staff meetings, weekly uh, written reports and and phone calls, etc. And as I think about this more and more, we all talk about uh, John Maxwell's great book, a seminal book called Everybody Communicates, But a Few Connect. And I ask myself, Mr. Maxwell, you really need to adjust your book, the word connect in the REM uh, supervision era. How, what is the, how does that word play out now? How am I going to connect effectively with my friends, Bob Ramirez and Bill Garrison, who have never met before, who I've talked to, and who with whom I'm doing a major project, which is a year long project. Are we connecting as well as we would have if we had met physically? Here's all these open questions with remote REM supervision, REM management. There's a lot of discussion, but the discussion has to become focused, concentrated into principles, practices, best practices, etc. that can go into textbooks and textbooks can be adjusted hmm? yeah i i was going back to uh episode five and episode six where we were talking about the changing nature of work and the changing employment categories and and you mentioned both of you mentioned today the idea of working asynchronously right so how do we how do we then supervise hourly uh, non-exempt employees when asynchronous is, is what happens, you know? So if I'm paying you, Robert, to be a professor and, um, 
I'm aware that your your wife is having um, medical challenges. How do I know that you're going to give me the amount of work that um, I'm paying you to do? And and Dr. Bob, you know you you're you might be distracted. You might want to go and do your own thing. You you may want to watch Netflix um, nonstop. And it seems like uh, it's it's tricky to supervise somebody in synchronous work the young mom with the babies uh, that are going to need her attention um, when they're working from home or working remotely where you're in the mountains in an RV and the cell signal keeps dropping. Are you really, are you sitting there looking at the view rather than doing your work? So uh, absolutely, Dr. Bob, you were just talking about this trust factor. How do we build that up and, and find those uh, types of employees? From a from an HR process point of view, the idea of acquisition of talent it needs to be really re-engineered so that we land up hiring for attitude and train for skills somehow. Because if you don't have an employee workforce that has the right right attitude and right. can focus focus on doing the work remotely and independently, so to speak, then you're not going to have effectiveness. That leads me to a thinking, you know, and we've talked about this in, in the past, gig workers. Gig workers are engaged by companies for particular objectives, tasks that has to be completed, projects that have to be completed, okay? They were. They are given specific objectives, goals to meet, objectives to fulfill, and they are let, left alone, and they are paid or not paid based on whether they showed the results, met the objectives. So the question becomes, is this the modus operandi for regular workers also now? Hmm? First of all, we've already talked about it. Uh, majority of the workforce in the future will be flexible workers in some form or the other and a very small cadre of regular workers so the regular workers are the ones that might be asked to show up in the office but the rest of the 80 percent of the population are remote gig and they are evaluated based on the results they produce and that's it not not uh, other elements of whether they are effective in working in a team or whether they're effective in face verbal communication and all of those things whether they have the right cultural profile or whatever it doesn't matter in all those concepts that would that were used in organizational development and organizational effectiveness now focuses on 80 percent of the workforce who are flexible and remote and working remotely so i it seems to me the factors that need to come into the forefront is trust empowerment and independence and managing through objectives and specific tasks mm -hmm. we don't basically managers cannot be engaged in the process of how the work gets done managers and supervisors have to work on whether the results 
were fulfilled and how whether the goals were met whether the task was completed on time and with high quality etc so this is a major mind shift managing the remote worker i also wanted to ask the the two of you you know one of the challenges right now that that corporations face is with going remotely they fear that we lose collaboration it you know, it's going to be less collaboration amongst employees where uh, in the past, you could, let's call a quick stand-up meeting. Let's all gather in the conference room and and uh, discuss this issue that just came up. Well, it's not quite as easy in in with the remote workforce. <clears throat> you yeah. don't have those discussions around the water cooler. You're not able to go up to somebody and see their expressions face to face. You know, an email is not the same as as face to face. So, how do you feel? with regard to collaboration. Yeah, in, in fact, that's exactly what um, Marissa Meyer was saying uh, when she came on. Uh, I'm going to show that article right now. In fact, it's uh, this was, holy moly, look at all that business going on. Back to the Stone Age, uh, new Yahoo CEO Marissa Meyer bans working from home. And what she said was that... Uh, to be, geez, all these things coming up, it's crazy. Um, to become the absolute best place to work, communication and collaboration will be important. So we need to be working side by side. That is why it's critical that we are all present in our offices. Some of the best decisions and insights come from hallway and cafeteria discussions, meeting new people, and impromptu team meetings. Speed and quality are often sacrificed when we work from home. We need to be one Yahoo, and that starts with physically being together. So she took a lot of heat for this. Uh, her her uh, stint did not last very long. And you can imagine, you know, the, um, most of us have done – a lot of remote work during the pandemic and our our employers are asking us to come back to the office and we're going why what are we going to get from going back and you're you're having to buy new pants because you've gained 20 pounds uh, <laughs> you haven't been wearing pants for bill, a while bill what happened to marissa myers she's after she quantificated in those those words what happened to her? Is she still in the job? She, no, no, no. She didn't. She didn't stay at Yahoo very long. Um, she. I'm looking her up her Wikipedia real quick here. That that says to me that she didn't quite understand the significance of the change that has taken place in the world of work. Okay. Well, this was in 2012. She can ask for people she, to come to work. Yeah, but there are issues that make it difficult to come to work. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 a flexible work work scenario right now. Asynchronous, not synchronous. And she hasn't seen anything yet with the metaverse that is fast approaching us. In ten years, the world will be managed. Will will operate within the metaverse. Things so, are going to be totally different. So, it's in our little, opinion, it's a little ironic, Doctor Bob. So she was with Yahoo for five years. After that announcement, it, it was a rough five years for her. And then, um, since then, she started a company called Sunshine, 
where they are focused on artificial intelligence and consumer media. Um, ironically, probably tons of uh, remote work happens in that organization. Is that correct? Yeah. What did you say? There's ironically probably a lot of remote work is involved in her current company. Correct. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> because if I mean she does her her company operates in Palo Alto and there's a lot of talent there, but um, to your earlier point, Robert, if she is the owner of the company, could hire the best artificial intelligence person on the planet, and they happen to live in France, um, why wouldn't you hire that person? You don't have to move to Palo Alto to be on your payroll. It seems to me if she still believes that, that everybody should come to work, she is completely out. No. Of, of I, think, I think she's changed her tune now. Um, and and, and it really... completely out of reality because in Silicon Valley, people cannot be within working distance. Uh, within distance of the office place because they can't buy housing. Right. There's no housing. Uh, the commute is horrible to get to work in Mountain View or Palo Alto. All of these factors, it makes remote work a reality along with pandemic and exposure to epidemics. Make it reality, remote work. And leaders like her has to go with the change and not try to stay in on status quo and keep on the old practices because you are you're denying reality that it has changed. The work is remote. The nature of work is different. So what we think we need is new thinking. As I said, that's why I introduced this word remote supervision, REM supervised. And we have to think about different ways of organizing, controlling, and leading. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier the, uh, in uh, episode five, I believe, about the metaverse. You know, here's a picture from Wired Magazine of a workroom where everybody's remote, right? These two people are not actually in the same room with each other. They're not staring at a um, board, but it sure looks like a common office before the pandemic. These people are completely working remotely, but they're still able to collaborate uh, as if they're sitting across from me, sitting here by this keyboard. So I could, uh, we can simulate the workplace with everybody being remote as well. And we may get to a point where we have the, the Jetsons, right? Um, apparently, George Jetson's being born this year. So the futuristic um, world of the Jetsons, where he's driving to work in a bubble, or perhaps he's um, working on a, a FaceTime or, or whatever that the collaboration um, components would be. Um, we can simulate so much of this um, remote atmosphere now. Uh, where we couldn't when Marissa Meyer was saying in remote work. We have high-speed internet in all our households. We have video platforms like we're using today. Um, so there's a lot of solutions today to the problems of the past. The uh, focus in my mind should be reskilling, retooling, re-education, yeah. and to adjust the mindset of employees and working partners to the new 
realities of work and not trying to say, let's go back to the old ways. It's not going to work. Yes. Now, in, that, in that survey that I was talking about, they said that 87% of the workforce said that they would like to work from home three days per week. So um, there's no there's no turning back from this. Well, and it's not forward. it's not yeah. a demographic thing, right, or an age thing. It's not generational. Yeah, um, it's, it's so many benefits. Yeah, I think, everybody. I think we yeah. think that the uh, millennials and the Gen Z want to do remote work so they can play video games or something at, while they're working. Um, but the three of us represent three other generations that say, "Hey, you know what? I'd like to work from home too. That would be awesome if I could." Uh, do play the role that I've been asked to do. Um, I have time to increase my skills. I can do my work asynchronously, produce for mm -hmm. my employer. Um, man, why would I ever want to have to drive to a place again? Absolutely. So basically, as we conclude this podcast, you know, we just we want to say that a remote workforce adds far more benefits than challenges for both the employer and the employee. And uh, work-life balance being so important, commute stress, stress of commuting, location independence. Um, em employers are having are able to find the best place, the best employees, no matter where they live. So there's benefits all around. So, but back to Dr. Bob's point, management, the leaders have to change how they lead. And that's the direction we're headed. Well, I want to end this. By showing a diagram, I want to dramatize the change. These are the new skills people have to learn. Dr. Bob has has drawn a triangle. Reverse triangle. Reverse triangle, that's right. This is the org chart of the future, in my mind. So what you've done is, is you've turned over the hierarchy. Of the leaders are down at the base and the employees are at the very top. And so it's kind of like the servant leader, right? The, the, the leaders are saying, what do you need to get your job done? Let me get out of, let me get out of, out of your way. The leader oh. in the remote, in managing remote worker has to adopt the, in my mind, has to now adopt the role of a facilitator, not a manager or a supervisor. The role of a facilitator not a manager or supervisor in the traditional sense. That is the change that needs to be implemented widely in, in organizational planning. Well, uh, thank you both again. This has been a, a insightful conversation for sure. Um, we look forward to future episodes and Again, we appreciate all of you guys uh, joining us and uh, feel free to comment below, have a conversation there. Um, find us on Facebook, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So um, thank you both again and we'll see you guys uh, next time. See you soon. Thank you very much.